Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hero Podcast. I'm excited about this one. I'm in Dublin today with the amazing makeup artist extraordinaire, beauty expert, beauty entrepreneur of Nima Brush, Neve Martin. Hey, how are you? Hi. Thank you for being on the Hero Podcast. Thank you for having me. So tell us, Neve, <laughs> how did you become? How did I become? All this awesomeness. How did you become? <laughs> So you're a Dublin um, gal. Yeah, I'm a Dublin girl. I'm from South Dublin, from Raffarnham. Um, uh, Dublin born, oh well, Raffarnham still. I kind of haven't gone very far. Mm. Um, went to school in Terenure and still drive through it every day. Yeah. Um, How are you yeah. at school? I Were you was, academic? No. no. No, I was middle ground. I was... Um, Were you sporty? No. So you're like me then. You're not, not academic, not sporty. Yeah. AKA, they don't know what to do with you. Yeah, kind of. I only actually had this conversation last night with um, a girl I'm on a hair course with. And she was talking about streaming people, you know, in school. And like the kind of the, the overachievers who probably aren't great on the social scene. And then, you know, the underachievers who, you know, kind of don't really know where they fit in either. Yeah. And, and I suppose then there's the people in the middle and we were talking about how, you know, when you went from third year into fifth year, yeah. I was saying how I was separated from all of the girls that I was friendly with. But that I feel like that that kind of was the starting of the making of me because I had to learn to be social. And yeah. and I like to think that that's a big part of me is, you know, the, the being social and yeah. the talking and, the you know, and uh, and she was saying, well, actually, there's there's a lot that goes into that. You mm. know, we have to actually talk about, you know, maybe we should separate this person from these people or maybe, you know, that person would be yeah. stronger. And I was like, oh, so there was a whole thing behind it. Is she a it. teacher? She's a teacher, oh. yeah. And I was like, okay, so maybe, like, I have the teachers to thank from yeah. for actually separating me because it made me make more friends and it made me kind of go out there. And I was never, like, one that was in a shell, but I suppose I did have best friends that I... You know, there are though I find in Dublin like mm. I suppose it was different it's different like I went to make school and it's probably just different because I yeah. changed school as well but you obviously the the friends you had when you were like I know a lot of gangs of girls in Dublin and they are tight 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 and I've always yeah. like I'd love that but they're so tight because they've all known each other since they were five yeah and you know what like and they're very like don't wear that wear that mm. they're very influential very of, each, of other. each other yeah. yeah and you would see them and all be nearly carbon copies of each other yeah. walking down the street and yeah, like, I never actually, I didn't, well, I did, okay, so yeah. I suppose when I was maybe, like, between the ages of, like... Was it an opportunity? Or is that the time I'm sure you were, like, where are the girls? No, I kind of, I suppose between the ages of about maybe 12 and 15, I was that very, you know, I had one friend, and I remember my mother always saying to me, never put all your eggs in one basket, yeah. and because you fall out with that one friend, and then you're just yeah. kind of screwed. So I think, like, I took my mum's words, and... I did move around a lot and I actually ended up with a lot of different groups of friends and so friends from work and friends from from this club yeah. and then friends from this school and friends from and actually t- today it's still the case like I still have a lot of friends so from I, you know yeah, yeah so I think maybe that moving you know into the fifth class and being kind of set, you know taken away from the clickiness mm. actually probably was the making of me because I do have a lot of friends in different circles and I think it's a good way to be yeah and I still have a lot of those friends in those circles. And I, a lot of my friends are from different work, yeah. you know. I'm the exact same. I think yeah. maybe it's like the multi-personality or yeah, something. Yeah, and I, it, it definitely... different parts of your... Yeah, yeah, and yeah exactly. Your and creativity like, or your like... Exactly, like you've, yeah, you've got the creative friend. And yeah. then you've got, you know, the very kind of business-orientated friend. And then you've got the really deep friend. And yeah. then you've got the... Solid. The solid yeah. friend. And then you've got the kind of the friend that, you know, talks about like, you know, what celebrity is wearing what. And that's fun too. <laughs> and then you've got... Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's nice different to have different dynamics. Of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I, you're, so you finished school. Yeah, I finished school. What did you uh, want to do when you I was really younger? young. I was only 16 doing my leaving wow. cert. So, um, yeah, I didn't really know what I was at. I was working in a bar. I loved it. Um, I went and I did marketing in DIT and Mountry mm-hmm. Square. But I took more hours in the pub when I finished school. And I just, I liked making money. Yeah. I liked, you know, being able to... A lot of people I oh, talk yeah. to, they're like, I realise <clears throat> I could make my own money. money. Yeah. And like, I used to work in my dad's office when I was 15. I used to, um, I used to do any job that Chip I could get. Me. Way, yeah. 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 So even when I was in college, first year out of school. Seriously independent? Yeah. I was always quite, my brother's never, but I always wanted a job, wanted to be earning Yeah, money, exactly. Wanted I wanted a something. car. I wanted a car. Yeah. I was always like... 
I want a car. I want to be able to. I lived on a main road. I want to be able to drive up there. I used to sit there and watch cars. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't in beauty, I'd be in cars. One hundred percent. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I realized that I could make money and like. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that. So I was working in the pub, and then I got a job up in the local petrol station. Mm-hmm. So I was working like seven a.m. to three p.m. shifts in the petrol station. Then I was working nights, and then my dad was like you know, well, maybe we could get you some experience. So we got me a job in a PR company. Oh, cool. And that was actually one of the first insights into beauty. They used to do VO5 and do you remember uh, that product? Yeah. Is that still around? Don't know. The hot I oil. And, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, and I was working there. So I never had any fear of work. Mm. You know, I would work all I the hours. Sense. Liking to be productive. Mm. Liking oh, yeah. to do things that mean yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just loved to work. But, um... But coming out of school, like my, my favourite subjects were art and business. Mm. I would paint for hours on end. I'd go into my parents' like dining room and put on music and yeah. just paint and paint and paint. And then business. Business made sense to me. I kind of, do you remember the five Ps and the, yeah. you know, it just made sense, you know, promote and place. And yeah. Price was like, well, obviously, you know, you bring yeah. the product to the place and then the place is where the people are. That's and how then, I was always about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it made sense with French yeah. and, and math and, and all that kind of stuff. It didn't yeah. make sense. So I suppose... It was all kind of gearing me up to, I suppose, you so know. Did you finish, so you're in DIT, did you finish DIT? No, I didn't. I failed miserably in my first year. Great social scene. Great social life. Yeah. was out every, <laughs> it was like the first day of college they said, But you were you like know, 17, 18. So I was so. 16. No, sorry. I just turned 17. I was 17. Yeah. So 17. A crack. Working two part-time jobs, you know, another job on the side, like the PR thing. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I did, yeah, did my, like did my college book wasn't really yeah. there so I left there and I worked and I, I went and I worked in my dad's office and that was great because I suppose I was working with adults and mm. I was still young but it, it kind of it matured structure me. and yeah, yeah yeah so I worked there for about a year and a half that was the Dublin Chamber of Commerce and then I decided to go and pursue another admin job I was still working in the pub so okay. I was still like yeah even though I have a full-time job I still want that extra bit of yeah. cash in my back pocket and at this stage, there was like the need to be buying clothes and the need yeah. to be buying the makeup and the need to be mm. buying the things. Mm. And, um, and when again, was this like 2003, oh, 2001. Wow. Yeah, 2001. Huh. Yeah. Oh, we would have been around 19. That's so funny. I bet we, I bet we hung out. Yeah, probably. Because we had mutual friends. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I then got a job at an architect firm in Ranla. And I feel like that place was nearly the making of me in so many ways. Yeah, yeah like I worked there for two, two, two and a half years. And it was while I was there. And what were you doing? Just admin? I was like... doing admin. I was doing marketing. So, um, yeah, I used to look after the tender. So when they decide to kind of build, like they used to build, like, build, like public mm. places so like hospitals and, you know, things like that and health centers. So I would do all the tenders. I started off in there being an accounts assistant, yeah. but like to me, like three and three is seventy five. You know, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not no, maths orientated. No. So I was quickly moved over to admin, office manager kind of thing. But the people I worked with were amazing. I was the youngest in the office. Mm-hmm. The next person, you know, up from me was twenty five, and I had such crack. I had like I just used to bounce into work every day. I didn't wear a screen of makeup. I used to go in tracksuit bottoms and a t-shirt. Okay. I was completely different to what I am now. Like completely different. Uh, but I loved working there. They were such a good company. Anytime I did a job well done, they gave me a pat on the back and gave me more responsibility and mm. maybe a raise. I was asked that's to... so encouraging. Oh, yeah. they were amazing. Like I really should pop back in. I mean, that's now gone. I left there in 2004. So that's going back 15, 15 years. years. You know, I should really go back in and just be like, you know what, you guys yeah. were so amazing for, you know, to shape me to who I became. Uh, I met one of my very, very best friends, Georgie, there. Um, she's still one of my most mm. important. Um, and she's seven years older than me, but we were best friends from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I was in charge of organising the, the office parties. I was uh. in charge of organising the Christmas parties. The, we went on an architect trip to Helsinki yeah. and I was asked to organise the whole thing. The problem was, and well, sorry, while I was yeah. there, while I was there, I studied, I went on and I did uh, a nice degree in sales, marketing, PR and advertising. Okay. And then when I finished that, my parents so were like... you were like, yeah, marketing, PR, marketing, exactly. was makeup even anywhere mm. hap- at all? Well, it wasn't in kind of my, like, I suppose my line for maybe career, but every Thursday, yeah, I used to finish work, I used to 
you know, walk into town and I would just hang out in Brown, Brown Thomas mm. and the girls behind the counter were so glamorous and so fabulous and I was like, I want to be one of them. Yeah. I want to be one. I just, I want to be her. Do you know what it is? It's kind of like mm. when I was that age as well, you kind of don't think that's possible. No. You don't, no, you like, kind you can't of, be a makeup yeah, artist. Yeah, and You're, I was a bit of a tomboy yeah. as well when oh, I was yeah. younger. I grew up around boys. I've no sisters. My mom's not, you know, into makeup and things mm. like that. I mean, she always dressed very well and looked very well, but like, you know, a couple of products would yeah. suit her and that'd be fine. You know, then I had brothers and then all of my aunts had boys around the same time as my brother. Mm-hmm. So I had loads of male cousins and I spent same. all my time yeah. with them. So I was into Transformers, I went into masks and I was into cars. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, beauty kind of came in later, which is funny because I didn't, you know, think that it would. Yeah. But so, yeah, so I was in um this place anyway and I'd go into town every... So when my parents said, okay, look, you're still working on this. Like, is there anything that you really want to do? I was like, mm-hmm. actually... I think I'd really like to do makeup. So I was 19. Just no, I think I'd just gone 20 when I started the course. I, so I did a couple of kind of random mm-hmm. courses like adult education centres and yeah. stuff like that just to kind of get a, a glimpse into it. And then I went and did Which iTech. Which good, like not yeah, to kind of just dive exactly. straight into something. Yeah, because they're expensive makeup courses. Yeah. So I went and did um, the iTech course in Portobello Institute. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, I ended up running the uh, makeup department in Portobello Institute um, but anyway I went and did it and from the minute I got into it I just loved, loved it. it I just loved it you know Amazing. I couldn't it was Tuesday evenings I could not wait to go to college Bless. like oh, I just absolutely absorbed it but um, no there's no but there sorry I loved it and I knew that it was going to be, yeah. you know, what I wanted to do. But I wasn't really sure how to get into it. Now, what I was saying there about working in the office mm. and working with really good people and working, you know, in a very normal, consistent, easy environment. Yeah. And then to go from that into the beauty industry. I'm in the beauty industry Wild now, yeah. 16, 17 years. And oh I gosh. still haven't gotten over <laughs> how ridiculous the beauty industry can be really you know i mean it can be so wonderful and i have some awesome awesome colleagues but i mean it's so different um industries that are dominated you know by women yeah it's it's wonderful but it can be so cutthroat at the same mm-hmm. time so i went from this like this kind of consistent normal office environment into I then got a job with benefit in in Selfridges in London. As soon as I got my qualification, I you know I was just like right the clickers were on. Yeah. I was like where am I going? Real determined. So I moved to London. I knew nobody. I moved in with my cousins and um I commuted like they when lived was in that Kent. Two thousand four. Okay. Two thousand four oh, and yeah. I was commuting up to London like that. I knew nobody but my cousins mm-hmm. and they lived in Kent and um I started working on a makeup counter. In benefit and selfridges. <laughs> in benefit yeah. and selfridges. And I had this uh, manager. And one day she'd come in and she would be bouncing around the place and she'd be patting you on the back and you'd be mm. doing good with sales and yeah. morale would be up. You were and like, you'd, Yay, I'm on top of the world. And yeah. then the next day you'd come in and she would be down your throat over something random. Maybe you didn't wear the right shoes or maybe you know, you didn't have the right colour eyeshadow on and she would take the head off you. And I was like, what is going on? So the whole, the way the beauty industry kind of operated. Keep you in your... Oh, I don't know. It was weird. I was 21 and I just, like I had been in a professional environment mm. since I was 17 pretty much. Yeah. And I couldn't understand this kind of talking down to somebody, thinking you're better than somebody. Mm. You know, it just, it was so alien to me. So I imagine like looking back at now, she probably thought I was some jumped up 21 year old because yeah. I was like, hold on a second, love. You don't get to speak to me like that, you know. But it was, I lasted in that job for seven weeks because I was just like, this woman is schizophrenic. Yeah. She's completely <laughs> and utterly schizophrenic. She's mad, yeah. And like, I remember being told to do Because you, you were all about like the people and like yeah, enjoying it and you're all on and the same team exactly. and then suddenly it's like you're not on a team. Yeah, and you're... you could have, like I said, one of my best friends was seven years older than me. So yeah. it's not, it wasn't a case of like, you're 21 and I'm 30, so automatically I have authority over yeah. you. I couldn't grasp this whole concept of you know I hierarchy hierarchy, absolutely like I would sit and have the crack with one of the managers in that architect company Mm. and then this one who was the assistant manager thought she had rank over me and yes okay so she did have rank over me but you know if I do my job which I'm gonna do then just like be sound just be sound be normal 
So I found... And it sounds like you respond better to people saying, well done, good job. Absolutely. And you work harder. Whereas I'm like that as well. Like Who if doesn't someone says, though? Well, people, some people would be like, if you tell them they're doing a good job, they think, great, take the foot off the yeah. gas and chill. And they might actually start. And I think that's why people think like that's this yeah that you can't overly of, overly praise somebody yeah. because then they'll become cocky or yeah. then they'll become and they complacent and they won't do their job whereas exactly. i'm if you if i'm berated i'll just do a worse oh, job i'll just be like yeah. well there's no point i'm terrible at this absolutely yeah. you're automatically deflated i think that's yeah. exactly how i work and you know i i went from belt benefit on to working in harrods mm-hmm. um in harrods i was made wear a that suit a which i thought was crazy i had pink hair were you like benefit on um, benefit no no i left benefit benefit yeah. was cray cray <laughs> but their selling technique was just mental yeah. i couldn't i couldn't handle it so i went to harrods anyway and i had a lovely job with a lovely manager and i worked mm. with the nicest people in harrods I mean, they were all so lovely. And one thing I would say about London, you were just saying there with Dublin that women are very clicky and people have yeah. their groups since they were five. Whereas London, people are coming in from all walks of life. So everybody's so open to meeting new yeah. people. And again, with the shaping of me to, you know, to who yeah. I was become, I met people like some of my best friends were from Greece, from France, from Australia, from, yeah. and hanging out with different nationalities. Like, you know, and then you're living by yourself. You're kind mm. of, you're, in a house in the middle of London and you don't have your parents to kind of, you know, yeah. backing you up. And if there's one thing I could say to anybody is move away from home when you are young because mm-hmm. it really will do you the absolute world of good. And moving to London definitely like really, really shaped me and in so many ways. But um, yeah, when I was well, in I ha- was like, went to boarding school at 13. So I'm like, yeah, I so don't have that kind of home well that's that's, you know because it does make you makes you extremely independent extremely and that is so so important you know and I think a lot of people that are like that do go on to work for themselves for me the working for myself kind of was because (laughs) the beauty industry can be psychotic yeah so um (laughs) (laughs) just being controlling well my my um career in the beauty industry I kind of explained it like an episode of home and away like anything that could go wrong did go wrong and, you know, I've ha- I have friends, I have another friend who, who works in hair mm-hmm. and she's the same. Any, any kind of company that she's worked for, it always, you start off, you go in and it's great. experience think, and put yeah. yourself out there. You can exactly, come across exactly. all sorts of. Yeah. And you end up having kind of. She's, and in she, honesty, some people aren't honest and they go, oh yeah, everything's amazing. It's always great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I went to work for Harrods and it was great. Like when I got the job, I had to bleach the, <laughs> I had to bleach the red out of my hair. So my hair was like oh, somebody hilarious. had taken a match to it. Yeah. But, and we had to wear a suit, you know, and I had a nose ring, which I still wear. Yeah. And, but they kept making me take out the nose ring. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, I'm a creative. Am I not supposed yeah. to express myself in, you know, how I dress and how I, anyway, and I, end, yeah, exactly. I ended up um, having, a, you know, having a kind of a one-on-one in a bad way with one particular manager in Harrods. And it turns out that she was the beauty buyer. And she's huge. Her name is Marigay. I know. Yeah, see, everyone knows. I mean, she... <laughs> and I ended up having a falling out with her because I was this She is, like, famous. Huge. Huge. Yeah, like, she's she, like, yeah. um, you're one devil wears Prada. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, I ended up leaving there. And, no, do you know what happened then next? Uh, London got bombed. And it became a really, really scary place yeah. to be. So I decided to move home. But the manager that I had for the company I worked in, in um, Harrods, which was Paul and Joe, mm. um, she managed NARS. Oh, so okay. I was offered a manager position in Brown Thomas. Ah. So that was okay. lovely. That brought me home. And so you did, so let's just, so you went on count. So you moved to London and you were there for two years? Yeah, just under on two counters. years. On counter. So learning the counter game. Yeah, okay. exactly. And so, then you move home. Yeah, so I went from kind of just retail assistant or retail artist, you yeah. know, um, then to assistant manager, which I was in mm-hmm. Harrods, and then to manager. Okay. So I moved up the line pretty quickly. I mean, we're only kind that of is, two, two years, years in. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I still like I moved home. I was 24 by the time I moved home, 23, 24. And I'd say that comes from the fact that you're able to hack. <laughs> the fact that, you know, if that in, in Selfridges, if you're being challenged and you were like, here, hold on. You yeah. obviously had the experience, the knowledge yeah. and the guts to do a manager's role because you well, saw yourself as equal to her and what's the difference here, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, okay. You so, had the ability. Yeah, and, and very, yeah. very driven, you know, wanted, always had, you know, this kind of end goal. Always, yeah. 
you know I want to get to manager and then I want to be trainer Mm -hmm. and then I want to be this and you could see the roles you know you could like whenever you work on a counter you can see the national trainers coming in and they look like they have the dream job everyone kind of above you looks like they have the dream job so you're constantly climbing to try and get to this dream Mm -hmm. job but you know life is life and then there are these hurdles that get thrown at you Uh and you have to jump over and and some of them can be really really tough because Mm. obviously you know it's it's kind of crap coming at you and you don't know how to deal with it but it can kind of end up being the making of you you know in like in life can be funny that way but anyway so I was NARS in Brown Thomas and I was there for about a year and a half and the clickiness that you're talking about there with girls I noticed that when I moved back to Dublin but it was fine because I had my own crew you know I had my own girls but like I worked with some lovely lovely girls in Brown Thomas and still some of them I know today like Danielle Mahan and Michelle Regazzoli Mm. and the makeup masters yeah Yeah. we all we were all there at the same time you do your time that's the thing you do your time you do do the hustle Yeah. yeah you do yeah. the hustle it's great though it builds your kit you're doing makeovers like one on top of the other yeah. you're learning people's faces you're learning technique you're figuring out whether you're good or not because mm. people start to compliment your work you realise mm. that you're better they come dr- back to you yeah. well this whatever. is it this is when yeah. you realise yeah. you know oh well I'm actually getting rebooked over and over I'm kind of better at drawing in a lift than she is yeah. and you know you do start to learn who you are so so yeah so Brown Thomas was a year and a half to two years and then I ended up moving from there to a company called Jane Iredale. Mm-hmm. And anyone who follows me on the social will know <laughs> that I'm still an avid fan of Jane Iredale. Is that so, a brand? Yeah. So it's, I, I, so I was actually, I went to, uh, what do you call them? A recruitment agency. Yeah. And I was just looking for something different. I was kind of, I was done with the on-counter. And, and the like irregular hours. on-counter, yeah. Oh, and weekends and yeah. all that rubbish and late nights and, you know, Sundays. Sundays mm-hmm. are just evil. <laughs> so I could never grasp work on Sundays. Um, so I went and they actually approached me and they were like, there's this company and it's a mineral-based range. Mm-hmm. I'd never really heard much about mineral-based range yeah. apart from Bare Essentials, uh, which was relatively new as well at the time. So we're, we're kind of 2006 now at this stage. Yeah. And um, we, oh yeah, so anyway, I went for an interview, hit it off with the, the manager and ended up becoming national trainer okay cool so I got my trainer position so I was like box ticked Mm -hmm. so I got my national trainer position and I uh, was going to be on the road and I was going to be training salons across the country the 32 counties yeah so covering up north as well and And that was the next thing really yeah yeah yeah. so I kind of I yeah started off working with them and that was great because that was a freelance position. So mm-hmm. I was self-employed and I was invoicing. So this was new. Yeah. And I was on my own. You're like, right, I if, was, I'm, yeah. if I want to do my own thing, I'm kind exactly. of learning. But I have a bit of the structure exactly. and the yeah. steady work coming <clears throat> exactly, in. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they had a daily rate, you know, for teaching or training. And then they had a daily rate for um, going in and doing a promotion in store. Okay. And the daily rate for in-store was higher. And I was like, right, so there's the money maker. Mm-hmm. So essentially for me to be able to kind of get more work, I had to really do a good job every time I went in and they had to buy in a certain amount of stock to Mm -hmm. kind of to get me for the day. So that was obviously, you know, where my wages came from. And I mean, a lot of that still stands to me today. I'm kind of like, well, that's how that works. And, you know, and like that will pay for that, you know, Mm. so, you know, it all works out. But I went in and I, I established good rapports with, um, the different salon owners. So I got rebooked every month so the company were happy because they were placing their order I was happy because I was you know being rebooked and getting my daily my daily rate and they were happy the the salon because they were selling loads of stuff and like the Mm -hmm. person would come in because they were salons and spas predominantly Mm -hmm. they weren't people were coming in to buy makeup but then they might end up going for a head massage or a back massage or a facial or whatever so it was great in a way and it started it, it started to kind of kick off my bridal career mm-hmm. so people so I was all over the country mm-hmm. I was everywhere and you know Cork and Galway especially were like my <clears throat> my biggest areas so I started building up a client base in Cork and Galway for bridal mm-hmm. people started booking people would come in and get their makeup done through Jane Ardell and then they ended up booking me so I was spending a lot of my time on the road yeah. but I loved it I just loved being this free spirit, kind of moving around, meeting people, Mm -hmm. chatting to people all day long. So you're chatting to somebody and you're painting their face. It's happy. It's upbeat. They feel good about themselves. Like, and still now, 
I still love that about my job. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was just, it was brilliant. And then because I was making my own hours, oh, the Galway races are on next week. Okay, I'll take that Thursday and Friday oh, cool. off. Yeah. But how about I do a job in like, you know, that salon that's like in Galway on Wednesday. Yeah. So now I'm down there. Oh, maybe I'll book into a hotel because I'm technically working. I had it absolutely made. I bought my dream car, which was a Toyota Celica and it was black and I called him Ollie. <laughs> and I was living the high life. I really was. I made an absolute fortune that year. Amazing. And I so met you did a, it for a year? I did that. No, I did that. Yeah, I did that for about a year yeah. and a half. And then they just, they realized, they copped on to what I was doing. And they were like, okay, we want to take you on full time. So right. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So they took me on full time. I was now on a PAYE job. But they kind of took away a little bit of my freedom. Yeah. And that didn't work too well for me. So I obviously wasn't as accommodating as I had okay. been before. Yeah. So then they took on a new sales rep and I think we clashed heads. And then we went for a business meeting and I got fired. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I remember sitting there going, are you, are you firing me? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And it turns out that... Um, best, be- best thing that ever happened to you. Best like at the time, I'm well, sure you were like, oh my God. I was in shock. Because even... Oh, know, I'm getting fired. Like even the thought of like someone fired me. Oh well, this God. is it. Yeah. You know, because like pre-recession, okay, we were in kind of Celtic Tiger Ireland. Yeah. People had great jobs. People yeah. didn't get fired. If you got fired, this was like... Oh my shame. God, shame. Yeah. Did you hear your one got fired? Oh my God. What was she doing? Was she stealing from the company? Was she... And it yeah. was just like, I mean, literally there was a clashing of heads. They brought on someone new and I was too set in my ways. I mean, looking back on yeah. it. But, you know, I had done one. And were you company. expensive? I probably was expensive, but it was the rate that they had yeah. given me. Yeah, yeah. they want, And I know that those jobs still happen now and the P, and I've seen them and they advertise at like probably half the wage that I was on. So I was, I was their learning curve and they were my mm-hmm. learning curve. Um, but I still use Jane Ardale. I still, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there in the hot seat, right? Just been fired. And I went... Can I hold on to my account? So they were like, yeah. So it meant that I had account, an account then for Environ, Jane Iredell and, and the Advanced Nutrition mm-hmm. Programme. And I still, to this day, yes. sell those products to ah. um, my clients. That's so it's great. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so like years and years later. But anyway, so that was kind of, that was when I said, right, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing now. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten an insight to teaching and I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. the transferring of information and people absorbing it and I mean still actually a couple of years ago when I had Harley I gave mm-hmm. up teaching and only in the last few months I've kind of dipped my toe back into yeah. it and I realized how much I love it and I kind of for me it feels like home okay. that teaching yeah. you know it kind of it, I feel like that's what I should be doing I should mm. be tra- the transferring of information from what's in my head to other people yeah. and other people absorbing it and taking from it that for me is huge yeah. So, so come back, hold on. Yeah, sorry. Before trend, we yeah. get to today. Um, so we're back. So you then so this go is now, freelance. This and is the start of 2008. 2008. Yeah. yeah. So I decided to set up my own courses. Mm-hmm. So I designed a brochure and I used to run one day courses in my, one of my oldest friend Jane, her mom's hair salon in yes. Ternier. Back to Ternier. So I used to do them and then I decided when I was working for Jane Ardell, I was doing a lot of trade shows mm-hmm. and the whole fee brow, well they weren't called fee brows then, they were called semi-permanent um, okay. semi-permanent makeup, so the tattooed brows and the tattooed yeah. liner. So I decided to go and train in that and it was huge money. I had to go over to London um, and then I trained down the country with a couple mm-hmm. of other people. So that was 10 years, that was 11 years ago that mm-hmm. I trained in that. So we did that, decided they were going to be my new thing. So the training in general makeup and then the tattooing of the brows and stuff mm-hmm. but I didn't take to the whole fibro thing it just it ended up different on every person yeah. it, I didn't like the way it took it I was just I was a little bit off so I never I didn't pursue it mm-hmm. it's huge now I probably yeah. should have but you know what it wasn't Look, for me you didn't like it, you didn't like yeah, it yeah but the teaching was massive I yeah. loved the teaching so I then ended up getting a job in LA makeup teaching on a couple of days a week I got a job mm-hmm. with um these were all freelance positions mm. Um, a couple of different companies then I got taken on there was one called Ella Samber and they were a uh, natural range mm-hmm. and they were in all the nurse stores and all the health stores and I used to train for them and I just got little different training jobs here and there built up my bridal work 
So you were doing um, it. You were doing your thing. I was doing it. I was doing it, Yay. and it was going well. Well, do you know what? No, it was go. It was gradual. Yeah. It was gradual, and that's then good. like at the time, obviously, you want to run before you can walk. Yeah, it's good exactly. To just exactly, and it was good to be kind of doing my yeah. own thing or whatever, and then the arse fell out of the economy. Yeah. <laughs> 2009. It's funny when everyone tells their story and they get to 2008. Yeah, and yeah. then 2000, and then like, yeah, and then the sky fell in, <laughs> <laughs> and then the cloud came out. Oh, yeah, I know goodness. it's crazy, and everybody was unemployed. Mm. Everybody, I'll never forget. I moved into my house mm. the end of 2009, and I was living here with a couple of different people, and we were all so we were all unemployed. Now my brother, my brother got yeah. back to college to do a masters, but all of us were we were all unemployed and we were all on the dole. Like, that's 2010. Yeah. We were all on the dole. So we were in Dicey Riley's every Wednesday night. <laughs> and But, I mean, I still had a couple of jobs here and there. I mean, people were yeah. still getting married. Like, there were still things kind of happening. Um, but it, was but it just wasn't. being referred. And, yeah, 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 absolutely. So your name was go like that. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so I realised then that I needed to kind of go and get a job. And the job came up as... Um, creative director okay for the creative department at portobello institute mm-hmm. and it was a whole like you know what are you going to do for the department over the next three years okay. so it was a heart and soul into the <laughs> heart and soul into the application kind yeah. of three three interviews you know down to the final and then i ended up getting the job cool. so i started teaching there again. I was teaching yeah. again but also I was That's in an office it was split yeah. kind of like okay. so 40 hour a week was split between 20 hours teaching and 20 hours um in an office yeah. and again the office environment I loved it mm. I loved it like I just love meeting people talking to people how's your day great how's yours how was your weekend great how was yours just mm. really nice and and I really like I do love an office environment mm. it's just really nice and um I worked there for a year um, completely changed the entire department, brought in some of the tutors that I'd worked with in different colleges that I loved and had an absolutely phenomenal year there. Really enjoyed it. And then come June, we all, all the, the, the create, like all the heads of departments, mm. we all finished up and we, the plan then was we would come back late August. So we had two months off. It was mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah. Um, come back late August and then we'd get stuck into the next year. Yeah. And back to... Portobello yeah. Institute, yeah. Which isn't there anymore. No, it is. It is. That's Portobello School you're thinking oh, of. I'm Portobello Institute was up on Dominic Street. Oh. It'd be really funny if they listen to this now because <laughs> talk about my, back to my career being a mm. game of home and away. I came back in the September to find out that I had been replaced. So my role had been replaced, but they had given her a different name. So they called her program director, whereas I was ah, creative. Here. Yeah. Program manager and I was creative director, essentially yeah. the same thing. So while I'd gone over the summer, she had basically been put into my job by a manager that had started when Is I that left. Legal? I don't think so. No, but I because so I was kind of on contract yeah. and that for me was the final straw of, you know, seriously, how up and down can yeah. the beauty industry be? Yeah. So I was really low after that. I and the, the the worst thing was that I had to figure it out for myself. I wasn't kind of They didn't tell you. No, I had to figure it out for myself. So I ended up working that too. So you think own. you're going back to work and you're there yeah. and no one's like, Oh, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. They were just like, Oh hey, do you hear Yeah, you? no, no, they didn't want to tell me that I'd been replaced. What? So they so I would go to organise the Because it was kids. totally illegal and they knew. Yeah, probably. So but anyway, I ended up working that. That's lot. you live and learn. Yeah. You learn. Yeah. I ended up turning around to them and saying, Right, you know what? I am just going to teach because this is an unpleasant situation mm-hmm. and let's not make it any more unpleasant than it has to be. Okay. So I want to go on a teacher's wage, which were quite nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to teach my class and I'm going to do 20 hours a week. So I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I finished every day at three o'clock. I had four hours a week of admin. The rest of them were teaching hours. Mm-hmm. I ended up coming out with more than I did when I was on a full-time wage because I was on contracting hours. Yeah. I had the most beautiful bunch of girls the most beautiful. Do you know Rebecca from Host So Fabulous? Rebecca O'Byrne. Yes. She was one of my students. Oh, nice. Beautiful girl. Uh, the makeup gal, uh, Robin, is, was another one of my yeah. students. Like, they were, they were just the most beautiful bunch of girls, and they got me through. Okay. But while I was there, and while, when that happened, I was extremely low, and that was my kind of 
I don't feel like this is the industry mm. I should be in. I don't feel like this is the path that I should be yeah. on. This was probably, I mean, there was the firing before, there was the falling out with your one in Harrods, there mm. was all this kind of stuff. But this was, this was my lowest. Yeah. And I remember being really angry for a couple of months, being really angry about it. And I remember going out for lunch with the girls and then, and venting how angry I was. Yeah. And I remember the looks on their faces. And then being like, oh, Jesus, okay, maybe we shouldn't hang out with Neve anymore. Yeah. And I remember being like, this isn't you. This isn't you. This yeah. anger is not you. And like, if you don't transform, you know, what you are feeling. Like, if you continue to go, go with, like, yeah. with negativity, yeah. it's only going to breed negativity. Yeah. And you're going to transmit it everywhere. And negativity just forms more negativity, leads to more negativity and nothing good is going to come your way. So I was like, right, I need to change something here. So I looked up a medium or a fortune teller or a yeah. card reader or whatever. You, and a friend of mine had been to her and she'd made a huge difference to them. So I said, right, I'm going to go and see her. Uh-huh. So I went to see her and I remember driving down there and I was still, like I said, I was so low in myself. And I walked in with my head looking at the ground and when I say I left an hour and a half with my head looking up at the sky, it's no word of a lie. It's really tacky, but it's so true. Yeah. She pinpointed so many things. She said there are negative influences here. She referred to people that she wouldn't have even known, but they mm. were the people in the college that had done this to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they were out to get me. It was just, they just were a negative influence yeah. or a negative part of what had happened. Um, she talked about, she pulled out cards and the cards that were pulled out were independence leadership mm-hmm. things like that and she was like you need to be a teacher but I feel like you need to be a teacher in business and I was like oh here love me business you you know seriously mm. and um but there were things that she was coming out with like the independence stuff like that she was like I feel like you need to work for yourself I feel like you need to work for yourself but you need to teach but you need to teach in business and blah 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 and we talked for a while anyway and there was clarity coming and then at the end of it she pulled out um, she pulled out a card and the card said yes and she said I haven't seen this card in weeks I thought I'd gone in the back of the couch big Scottish lady yeah and but brilliant and she said to me Neve, you have an idea in the back of your head yeah. and you need to do it because it's your calling yeah. and that was Nima amazing because it had been in the back of my head a friend of mine had wanted to open a hair salon in Dundrum and she had this lovely little unit that she was going to get but they wouldn't let her put mm-hmm. in sinks and I remember thinking Imagine I designed my own makeup brushes. Like, imagine I went in and did them there. Like, how amazing would that be? But I didn't speak out loud because there have been so many failures in my past and because I've been feeling so low. So I started working on it. I started kind of communicating. Yeah, I went and I met with a guy in London uh, in the HKTDC, which is the Hong Kong Trade Development Council. He was a friend of my father's from the Dublin Chamber of Commerce where I'd worked when I was 15. Mm -hmm. And he put me in touch with different companies in Hong Kong. So I started contacting them. I started um, trialing samples. I started and I launched Nima Brush on the 3rd of October 2012, which was that year. Yeah. So it was the start of 2012 yeah. that I was this low. Yeah. It was around March 2012 that I went to see this girl, started working on it, launched at the end of that month. And then do you remember Emma from Fluff and Fripperies? I Emma Henderson. Name. Yeah, yeah. She was also somebody that worked with my dad in the Dome Chamber of Commerce, oh, and she was a big. She was writing for Butte, so she said to me, "Send them on to me." And she did a really honest review. Yeah. This brush is great. This one is great. This one's really cool. This one's not great. This one's cool. I like the holder. These were the yellow ones that we yeah. launched in two thousand and twelve, and that catapulted me. Wow. Into social media, into the world that was going to become what it currently is. I didn't even know what a blogger was. I didn't even know what a blogger was. I had a Facebook page and a website. And that was it. And this catapulted me. Suddenly I had bloggers contacting me. They wanted to try them. And within, then like, because it was October, we were coming into Christmas. Mm. And I mean, now we all know, like the best time to launch a product is like September. And the world knows this. But back then I hadn't a clue. It was just when it happened. And I made back my initial investment, which was 10 grand. Yeah. I made that back in the first month and a half I had saved five of my own money I had borrowed five off my aunt Blaheen who's mm-hmm. still extremely prominent in my life today and she um I gave her back her money within the first month and I was like right this is something amazing so that was the becoming of Nima and it's taken me 40 minutes to tell you that story 
<laughs> I didn't realise I'd be talking for so long. <clears throat> so um so Nima grew and grew and grew and it grew legs and it grew arms and it went insane. Oh, and I pumped back into so the So were you still doing still? teaching, doing freelance? Yeah, still teaching. So you basically had two yeah. businesses, three yeah, businesses? Yeah, still doing wedding makeup, still doing whatever makeup was going, people going mm-hmm. to parties, whatever. Still teaching. I taught three days a week down in a, in an adult education centre in Clane, which I kind of developed and built up. Yeah. And I didn't leave there until five years, six, no, four years maybe into Nima when I got well, when I got yeah. pregnant and went and had, um, Harley. I was teaching in. I would cover maternity leave, so I covered in, um, in Chicago Institute. So yeah, okay. still very much teaching. Yeah. But it was great because who better than to introduce beauty brushes to than to students? Yeah. So that was very much the start up of, you know, the business and mm-hmm. how it kind of went. And yeah, it, it, it just evolved and the brush, the quality got better mm-hmm. as we grew. I pushed it back into the quality. I never increased the prices. Mm-hmm. I just grew quite, you know, and like some of the old stuff that we did, I look back now and I just laugh, but I mean, we all have to start somewhere yeah. and now we can boast the highest grade of goat hair on the market. And then in our vegan collection, we have mm-hmm. our Nemophil, which is our painted, um, mm kind of uh, it's a basic a synthetic fiber that mimics the structure of a natural fiber so it, it does wow. it yeah it yeah. basically works the same way as a natural fiber does which is kind of revolutionary and kind of cool that's really cool yeah and like we won an image award for that um there about a couple of weeks ago and they've won a couple of awards which yeah. has been great and it's you know it's been an amazing journey but it hasn't been without its hiccups you know mm-hmm. and i really feel again it's it's kind of how do you say like it's it's been amazing it's been it's been wearing wearing weary makes you weary at times and if you knew then what you know now kind of thing I kind of believe that you have to you have to go through all the hurdles and you have to make the mistakes and you have to so 2017 things were at their highest and we did like we did this roadshow called the build it up tour and we did yes. it with terry mcavoy who yeah. was the brand ambassador at the time and she was great and there was loads of energy and she was kind of really starting out on her blogger kind of thing yeah. as well and the two of us were so excited and it was called the build it up tour after this set that we yeah. had done and the set is has eight brushes in it and i named them after the different stages of my career just wow. to kind of show people that yeah. you know rome wasn't built in a day yeah. and you do have to build it gradually up. I mean, no one goes from zero no. to hero. Not that I'm saying I'm a hero, but like you do have to gradually build mm. it up and you do have to go through the paces. But um, And if you don't, you mightn't be where you are. No. Like if things weren't hard and things weren't challenging, you might not have tried different things. Absolutely. You would be Absolutely. teaching makeup and yeah. happy, but mm. maybe exactly. just and wondering, you, you know, not wondering, wondering yeah. but just like... This is brilliant and this is all I ever wanted. But yeah. not being exposed to different experience, you don't learn then. Yeah. Or see opportunities. Yeah. And also setting different kind of goals. Like I kind of was in a role of teaching in a college that was, you know, it was it was a good job and I had mm. the reliability of, you know, a monthly wage. But I had to recognise that this wasn't for me. And I could have very easily stepped away from makeup, but thankfully I just changed my way of thinking yeah. and I decided to set a different goal and go a different direction and thankfully that did save me because I imagine people get burned and they do mm. walk away from what essentially might be their calling yeah. you know like you know the term follow your bliss yeah. you know so my bliss is makeup you know yeah. it's I still love it mm. like somebody said to me recently what's your hobby and I was like makeup no that's your job no it's my hobby no it's mm. your job well what do you like as part apart from doing makeup I like buying makeup. <laughs> so it's very much my bliss. Yeah. And unfortunately, these external factors came, were coming in from and all of them. The weirdo in Selfridges, you know, the, the crazy ass yeah. manager, the, you know, the being fired, the being replaced, the recession, you know, yeah. the recession. There were so many things that could have you made learn, me go. You learn you can come back because I suppose. Yeah. That's, you learn. You can learn that, you know what? things there's going to be good days again yeah because i'm sure everyone in the recession like it was like exactly but you also learn that those things that come at you and this is what i have learned they come at you for a reason yeah because you come out it's like going into the fire you know you kind well no i don't know going i don't know what my analogy there was (laughs) but it's like you yeah you do you go in and you take away a challenging horrible situation but you come away yeah 
and it's like it's an extra building block on the person mm. that you are and you realize the, exper- the experience yeah, you will the- never go back into that situation again you will never um ex- you know let yourself yeah. go back into that experience again and those hurdles i mean the being fired like was the best thing that i ever did because that was the one that started me to going to work for myself yeah. and and you know yeah, it's it's everything kind of leads to the next. And it's but I about... think you never see someone who has a 50 year career worrying about, oh, someone was looking down. Do you know, are that any of these things that have happened? Like yeah. they would that would they wouldn't even flinch at that. No, They'd exactly. just be like, see you later. Good luck. Yeah. And you know what? The person there's like, more to life than you. Yeah, you know? exactly. And the person like about two years into Nima, the person that ended up replacing me in that job that time contacted me and she was like it's so wonderful to see how well you're doing and listen sorry about all that shit back then and like yeah. at the time I was like yeah here don't worry about it whereas you know at the time you wanted their the head on a stick yeah, but yeah. like you know you just you move past it and you you learn to appreciate you know the circumstances that come at you mm. and what I was about to say there about that build it up tour we literally had done it on an absolute high and then I got hit with a VAT audit <gasps> I didn't understand the numbers like I said three and three is 75 mm. Um and I was hit for you hear, everything. Do you know what you hear? Everything. Horror. So, I'd have hit with a bat one. Like I was kind of just ill advised. Yeah. But I got, it was like a killer. Like. Oh, I like even my stomach is in knots. Like saying the word audit, it is the biggest fear. No, it's not. Your kids getting sick is the biggest fear. But yeah. it is the biggest fear for business is an audit. Yeah. It is so scary. I would not wish it on my my worst enemy. But they crippled me. They crippled me financially. Mm. They crippled me. They crippled my morale. And I was deflated. I was like, what is the point? And I went through a bit of a tough time. So that was end of 2017? That was, yeah. Yeah. And that led into 2018. And 2018. Yeah. Then the end of 2017, all these different brush companies popped up. Yeah. And suddenly there was way more competition. Yeah. And it's 2018. Like, yeah, it's like anything. Yeah. It was tough, tough, mm. tough. And I took it all very personally. And I felt like I was personally failing mm. at everything. And but you weren't. You were just mm. the first one. Yeah. Like myself and Blank Canvas yeah. were kind of riding out the storm. Like, you know, hey, pal, how you doing over there? Yeah, good. Yeah. How are you doing over there? Yeah. So it's going to see you the next show. And yeah. that was nice, you know, and it was never a competition thing. It was like them and their black brushes and us and our colourful brushes. Yeah. And, and that was it. And then suddenly all these new brush companies. But... It was like, again, we just yeah. had to keep consistent. Yeah. Just had to keep going and doing what we were doing. We just had to keep going. Like, believe me, there were so many times where I just said, oh, here, is there any point doing this? Let's yeah. just call 2018. it 2018. This was 2018. Like, yeah, last enough. year. Yeah. Right, yeah. So many times where I was just but like... But it's funny, like, I would say, when I look at that, I remember, like, people very much me tooing in the online store and they'd be yeah. doing the same thing and you'd be like, damn it. But what I now look... Because now a lot of them have closed down and I look back now and it's actually with that broad awareness yeah. so as long as you're the best you get yeah. the sale yeah but, it's... but now but i get it you're like oh my gosh there's every like there were yeah. millions everyone did oh, a brush line there absolutely. were loads of them yeah but now kind of i'm sure people don't talk about brushes as much whereas at the time all they were talking about was brush, that's brush, very brush. true actually because whereas so many launched at the same at, time yeah, yeah so at like in i would have been like 2016 was probably our biggest year yeah. of noise and 2017 yeah. and like and it was amazing. snapchat wasn't it and you were, yeah. you were kind of you were everyone was just your dairy life and, and everyone wanted to buy it was this whole yeah. world of consumers and yeah. buy 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 shop yeah. shop 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 absolutely shop, 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 shop. and then that that died yeah you can't, I mean, which that, is where we get to 2018 now and we both talked about and we say like you come to the point where you've got it's it became all about new more 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 shop yeah. shop shop but now actually maybe because we're clued into it I don't think the consumer realizes as much but we're all buying yes, less yes and exactly hence retail but back to know, yeah sorry go on back to being consistent yes so you know oh you might have the same product that you did back in two thousand sixteen and I know. That I have still have like the the basic set yeah. which is our white one we, yes. you, you have that yeah um that is still our best selling set yeah so it's like we kind of came along in 2012 evolved into what we became in 2014 mm. got it right in 2014 yeah and then like that bye 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 new 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 we have to bring something out more all the time more, we have yeah. to be on the edge of people's yeah. lips we're product we were product launching every three months yeah. it was exhausting yeah. launch parties NEMA parties hashtag NEMA party 16 yeah. hashtag NEMA party oh 17 gosh. oh my god 
Goodie bags, goodie bags, goodie bags, goodie yeah. bags. Christ, if I ever see, if I never see yeah. another goodie bag. And you're right, that's what happened. And it was like all you needed to be was consistent with the products mm. that worked. And that's, Because now yeah. I feel it's about story, it's about reliability, yeah. it's about expertise. Yeah. And that's at the root of everything. Yeah. And if you take away the new and the fluff and the wow, yeah. that's what's left. And that's what re- people exactly. really want. Exactly. And I think if you're not right on that right now, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're still trying to bells and whistles yeah, everyone yeah. and here's free stuff and here's discount oh. codes and here's this, that and the other. This influencer is using this. and yeah. this limp- yeah. I mean, there's still an element of that and you do have to keep up with the Joneses and you do have to be... You do have to market yeah. yourself. Because, yeah. And that's marketing in this exactly. day and age. But, but there's, I think there's that... What's core hap- business yeah and I think what people love now as well is like you were saying the story and yeah. the honesty yeah so it was always about like look how well I'm doing whereas last year I just I hit rock bottom and instead of being like hey look how well I'm doing yeah. I decided to be like hey guys guess what I hit rock bottom but yeah. I'm coming back up yeah. and I'm coming back up gradually but you know what you're not going to see product launches every five minutes and you're yeah. not going to see email parties but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I realised that actually doing makeup was my zen. Yeah. Nima is very, very close to my heart. But I've also realised it's not the be all and end all. And also, you kind of, you also become like, why am I doing this? So what is my end goal here? Is my yeah. end goal to like have loads of money? Because that's not all that either. Yeah. And is it to have the nice car? Because that's not all that either. And is it to have the big house? Because... What I found was that I wasn't concentrating enough on my family mm. and my friends. And I was kind of this persona. Life. life. And it's what we t- I talked to Laura about yeah. on, on the life. last episode. Like this thing about we have all these opportunities yeah. and we have to be everything to everyone. And maybe it's okay to be a little bit mediocre on some things yeah. and and on the important things, be all in on those. Yeah, like completely. Family, and I really, friends, yeah, I really saw your that. own well being. I yeah. think because like oh, I as well. Like absolutely, yeah. twenty eighteen was in, like just so hard because you went at it and you weren't taking breaks and you weren't taking holidays. You know, and you had a baby on top of that. Oh, and, and somebody said to me, somebody asked me one day what was going on in my life, and I ended up spieling, spieling, spieling about yeah. Nima and how hard it was and blah blah blah. And at the end of it, they said to me. And you know that lovely husband of yours, how's he? And you know that beautiful little red yeah. that you have bouncing around around you, how's she? And I was made aware that I was making Nima the priority of my mind. Mm. And they said to me, your life is like a jigsaw and your puzzles, you know, the, the center of your puzzle should be your family. And then it's the material things yeah. and the businesses around it. And they were saying, but Nima is this massive, big block of your puzzle right in the middle and Harley and your and that like are are all around it and they're not taking the forefront and that devastated me to hear that devastated me but I think it's just the society and that bubble you're in and you know it was such a success and you want to maintain that yeah but when I look back on it I realize that when it was at its height and when it was at the success you know I wasn't present in my daily life I was checking my phone every five minutes Mm. I so and I, it was okay because it was work. Yeah. So I'd be out to dinner yeah. and I'd be like, oh, it's a question. I just have to email this person back. Yeah. Whereas I did Because be they're now, the priority of the person that's facing you. And they're addicted yeah. to Instagram and they're on their phone. I'm like, get off your phone. Get off and your phone. They don't have an excuse yeah. because they're on Instagram, yeah. like playing on their phone. Exactly. Whereas it was an excuse to be working yeah. at eight o'clock at night or whenever it was. And again, so. you need to come through this yeah. to realise what is, what is yeah. important. And again, you know, why are we doing this? Is it is it self-goals? Is it because we want to be like the ultimate achievers? Or is it because is a financial goals? Because what's the point in the big house when you, if you don't... You're not even in it. And well, you're not even... but if you haven't nurtured the family to yeah. be in it with you yeah. or the friends to come and join mm. you there... What is the point in having the big car if you can't bring anyone in it with you? Yeah. If you can't go on the girly road trips. So I have realigned my way of thinking. I have reassessed my situation. I have very much gone through a transition in yeah. the last six, year, six years. I've realized I don't need to be on 
all the time. time. Yeah. I'm going on holidays this afternoon. I'd say there's so many people <laughs> listening to this right now nodding away. And, and you know what? Like... Um, I had a bit of a social media meltdown in the end of November. I ended up in hospital and the doctor did actually say to me, you need to take some time off. And yeah. he said, do you have a boss that I can write it? Like, can you take some time off? Do you have a boss? And I just went, yes. <laughs> and I got him to write a letter to my boss to yeah. tell me to take time off. And it was like, that's what I needed. Yeah. And I ended up going on to social media very emotionally. I was very emotional in hospital and just saying I needed to pull back and I got a lot of feedback and people were like good for you and I have seen people recently Mm. do this and people have a little bit of meltdown social media okay so Instagram Mm. particularly when you are feeling good social media or Instagram makes you feel better yeah when you are confident and confident enough in yourself to put up a selfie yeah. And the world comments on it and tells you how, how amazing and how gorgeous you are. When you are up, Instagram makes you feel great. Yeah. When you are down, Instagram makes you feel worse. So when you are down, you start comparing yourself mm-hmm. to all the people. You start watching what they're doing and wondering why. So you need, when it comes to Instagram and social media, to be very, very middling with it. Mm be careful but I think it's like everything we it's like anything new we all just embraced it and oh, were addicted yeah. and full uh, on but, but I was I was recording my life like my yeah. life but everyone my, was everyone everything was like, I was doing here's my everywhere. food here's my this here's my that and you know what is the most annoying thing in the world when yeah. you see a bunch of young girls and they're out or not even young girls yeah. like people in our yeah. industry and they're on a dance floor and they're all with the phones up it's like look who I'm hanging out with hashtag yeah. this person at that person it's like, you know what, when you're out with your friends, just be out with your friends. Mm. And when you're out with your business colleagues, just be out with your business yeah. colleagues. Stop with that. I need to tag you here and I need to tag yeah. you there. It's, it's, it became exhausting and I'm glad that I've kind of, I've made the realisation. But I do see people that are on the rat race. I do see people that are, I'm exhausted watching them and I feel mm. like saying to them, slow down because you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to end up where I was. Yeah. And... It's taken me a long time to come back to where I am now. But I think now. everyone has to find their own way through it. Yeah, you just, there are some people like... like it's not the be all and end all. Like no. this is the thing is kind of, there was pressure probably in 2018 mm. when it was, people didn't want to, to, to be on their phones as much. And there's yeah. actually a resentment. Like if you sit yeah. down and you spend an hour scrolling... You're actually annoyed with yourself. You are totally annoyed with you yourself. You get off your phone and you're like, oh, for God's sake, like I could have done whatever I could have yeah, watched this. And I was yeah. going to, and then going to bed at 11, not 10, and whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's a complete, complete another waste of time. Yeah. Like, but my, then there's the then there's the good of it as well. Oh, like, yeah. It's so great. Which is, it is which great. Which is in why a way. pairing it back, which is what I've done. Yeah. Like, pair like, it back. And I literally, I mute people I don't. So when I look, I yeah. actually, if I do spend an hour on it, I'm being inspired and I'm yeah. enjoying. And if there's and, anyone that irritates you, just mute them, yeah. honestly. Life is too short to be annoyed with somebody that you've never even met. Yeah. Like, I mean, but that's a reflect. Like I've never like that's a reflection on them. On them. And yeah. God love them. Like yeah. you're gonna yeah. message someone stranger. Follow people that you like. Follow yeah. people that inspire you. Like I did a little exercise recently, and it was write down a couple of people that inspire you and why they inspire so who you. Who inspires? That was one of my questions. Well. I have a couple of people that inspire me and none of them are superstars. I mean, none of them are like, you know, like I'm not going to say Beyonce or like the people that inspire me are a lot of my colleagues and my friends and they inspire Mm. me for different reasons. I have one friend and she is just energy, energy, energy. She never stops, Mm. but she's well able for it. And, but she's all about family comes first and then business, but energy in it. And I Mm. admire her for her energy. Mm I admire another friend of mine because she had a lot of crap happen to her and she had to rebuild her entire life. Mm. But she did it and she did it with grace and she's doing so well for herself now and I admire that. Ten years ago, I might have admired the person with the big house and the big car and the big whatever. Now I admire people for who they are and for what they have. One of my best friends, she recently went back into makeup and that's tough she came out of makeup she she was my guru she worked in makeup she taught me all I know then she stepped away from it went and worked in a bank she's now gone back to it and she is just so full of love and happiness and she's spending time with her kids and her husband she's doing what she loves she's doing what she's good at that I hugely admire her but the fact that she's just so happy in her everyday life happiness yeah 
you know that's what I admire but that's what everyone wants and they don't, that's what my TEDx talk is about yeah, yeah. but it's like, kind of yeah it's like about like if you were actually just happy you'd be happy yeah I mean, everyone thinks a list of things is what makes you happy yeah so but it's the feeling it's exactly. the things that give you the feeling oh yeah is what makes absolutely you so the goals used to be you know for Nima to be available here for Nima to get this award for me to have this many weddings but it's what what then it's after? the pinnacle that's yeah. how I feel about my shining armor it's kind of like I've achieved so much I I I sometimes I'm like what am I what's the goal now because exactly I've and then you lose sight of the goals yeah exactly and so. and somebody had to point this out to me at the start of this year they said what did you set out to achieve in 2012 when you started Nima mm. and when I looked back I realized that I have over yeah. succeeded ah. overachieved anything I, a year in like was yeah like Sunny, thank you so much for chatting. Oh my God, I rambled for so long. Wait, but it was good. It was really good. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Thanks and for having me. Yeah. And have a great holiday. <laughs> Look at you, chilling out. Ah, we got a little bit chopped off at the end there. Um, but thanks so much for listening. If you made it to the end, what a story. What a lady. What a journey. I'm... Really appreciate everyone who's liking and sharing and spreading the love for the Hero Podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe because you'll get alerted immediately when there is a new um, episode live. And thanks so much. Have an awesome week. Bye.